Welcome to Screw the Hierarchy, episode 123. This is your host, Deb Falzoy, and this week I am talking about the differences between workplace bullying and workplace mobbing and how workplace bullying escalates into mobbing. Are you ready to hear what I have to say? More after this. If you're a target of workplace abuse and want to break free of the grips of abusive power, you've found your place. I'm your host, Deb Falzoy, and the podcast begins now. Before I get started today, I want to talk about Patreon. I have a new Patreon account at patreon.com slash screw the hierarchy, and I have a really quick survey on there about what kind of rewards you like, everything from early access to episodes to exclusive episodes, behind the scenes content. This week I want to talk about the difference between workplace bullying and workplace mobbing. And a lot of this is from the work of Maureen Duffy and Len Sperry, uh, as talked about in their book, Overcoming Mobbing. But um, I want to talk first about workplace bullying and this sort of typical recipe that that how it begins generally so it it typically begins with some sort of actual conflict um and that can be the employee speaking up it can be simply that the employee is uh, a high performer a high performer with with great work ethic and, and great ethics in general and this triggers the insecurity of the bully, um, often the boss, and they're threatened by that competence and ethics. And so they target this unsuspecting employee. They try to minimize the employee, try to eliminate the the perceived threat that goes along with, or that they see the target posing. I want to emphasize perceived threat here. Um, And the bully often uses their power and in psychological harassment to control this narrative around what's happening. So to convince the target that they're the problem, maybe to start convincing coworkers that the target is the problem. And they'll use different tactics, mostly around lies and exclusion to frame their narrative. Uh, what, what Duffy and Sperry call unethical communication. So it could be things like false accusations, a big one here is using um, performance reviews as a paper trail, but they're bogus. What, what they're writing is bogus. They could, um, you know, ignore somebody, exclude somebody. And then there's also this whole area of of taking away responsibility without just cause, withholding information without just cause, um, unreasonably unre- heavy workloads without just cause, Um or really that's a matter of them not doing their job properly. Um, But, you know, there there could also be persistent criticism, micromanaging, verbal abuse, rumors, otherwise trying to damage someone's reputation. Those are are sort of the common ones. Um, And in healthy workplaces, safe workplaces, which aren't typical, the the stats show that uh, toxic over uh, 70% of workplaces are considered toxic workplaces, so uh, this is not meant to be a recommendation to anybody, um, really either way about what to do. But t- the typical response um, when going to HR or a higher up is to either ignore the situation or retaliate. There are situations where there is a positive response, and in those situations, the workplace bullying stops there. Um 
you know, the it's simply this this perpetrator to victim, you know, accumulation of interactions, and it is all about power and control. Um, where it gets into into uh, mobbing is when the perpetrator then continues with this narrative and they, um, you know, continue to either let their boss or their colleagues or your, your direct level colleagues, um, know these about these false accusations, you know, be able to see this, these acts of exclusion, these lies that control this false narrative. And, um, on the one hand, the these employees generally don't feel safe speaking up about the abuse, um, and on the on the other hand, when they do, they're in these toxic cultures. They also become targets themselves. So, um, you know, they they realize that that HR or these representative employees who are managed or seeming like they're managing the situation. They know that they're acting in the best interests of the organization. So in these situations, um, as as they escalate and as as higher levels get involved, um, the legal department calls the shots. The legal department is all about avoiding liability and and they're putting that avoiding liability over the well-being of their targets. They typically don't do valid investigations. Um they, they t- typically mislead the target to believe that the employer um, has some sort of legitimate complaint process in place to remedy the situation, when in reality, their whole um, plan is to hope that the target just goes away and is actually um, eliminated from the work environment. So they're um, typically in, in mobbing. Uh, the the criteria here is that they are unresponsive to this complaint. They take this unethical or abusive um, approach themselves because the leadership is also that way. Um, they don't step in to do anything about the situation. And so it's this whole culture of, of, of power and control and abuse of power and control. And, um, you know, it, simply from this, from this, employee questioning the way things are done, which is a great thing um, in, in any work environment um, and getting to, to best solutions. But in toxic work environments, this leads to these character assassinations, personality attacks, gossip, um, this continuation of the, this false narrative. Um, and many of this done, many of this is much of this is done behind closed doors um, it's, it's really designed to strip the, the target of their dignity and their, um, rights of any formal procedure in all of this, um, and really used to eliminate them. Um, because the, the employer actually never changes the target's work environment. They don't remove the target from the situation. They don't remove the actual stressor from the work environment, uh, meaning the bully, the bully, continues to harass without consequence. Um, and in fact, they often feel emboldened because there are no consequences for their behavior. And the, um, employees or or HR and, and, or the higher ups, um, string along the target. They, they, um, generally cause them to believe that, 
there will be some sort of solution when typically there isn't one. Um, they're, they're waiting for the employee to voluntarily leave or, um, you know, do something to get fired because at this point their, you know, emotions are running high. This is, this is actual trauma. Um, and it, at that point when the employee does leave, the employer wins because this threat of liability is actually gone. And in that case, the, the employee is left to, de- to decide, they've chosen their health. Um, in some situations, it may feel like they're not really making a choice because it's, it's, it's reached such this peak level. Um, so they're, they're foregoing their paycheck, often their health insurance, you know, deciding if they should pursue legal recourse in the absence of a law for workplace bullying and mobbing anywhere in the U.S. Um, except Puerto Rico, and um, you know, they're 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 just they're left with all of these other traumatic situations of not being able to pay bills, um, the the stressors that it puts on their personal relationships, not just necessarily a spouse but also children and and. Um, the parent not not being in a in a mental state to be there for their child, um, and lastly, there are these um, effects of it costing more in healthcare and unemployment. A lot of these um, effects, because the target has left, get externalized onto the public, and it becomes the taxpayer's burden um, to fix what the employer actually broke. They, they pretty much rid themselves of all consequence, you know, in, in this case, often, often neg- the negligence of not actually dealing with the situation. Um, and they push that onto, to society at large. So, um, the target is left with all of this psychological and, and physical outcomes, um, anxiety, depression, burnout, um, with the mind-body connection, things like heart disease, obesity, sleep problems, cancer, PTSD is very common, suicidal thoughts. And we've seen suicide numerous times with this situation, especially um, when people feel like there's some sort of firing that's going to happen. Um, that's when they're most vulnerable to the suicide. Um, there's also job loss, career loss, all of the loss of, of education um, to some degree in building that career, and then just other financial harm. People lose their homes. Um, homelessness is not uncommon. And then there are also, even though the the organization is pushing out the liability, they also do suffer. Um, We're talking about things like absenteeism, turnover, training costs, employee benefits costs. um, And then, you know, just while the employee is there or witnesses uh, seeing what's happening, there can be lower morale, lower task performance, lower productivity. Um, And so that's typically how it happens with bullying and mobbing. Thank you for listening to Screw the Hierarchy. If you feel like you need more help, I have a free guide to recovery steps at dignitytogether.org targets and a sign up for daily boosts through your inbox at the same place. 
All of the content in this podcast was created and edited by yours truly, Deb Falzoy, and the music you heard is from Kevin McLeod. All right, have a wonderful rest of your week, and I will see you on the next episode. Bye.